Welcome to Screen Thoughts with Hollister and O'Toole. So here we are in New York City together, and that's unusual in itself, right, O'Toole? It is, and it was, it's chilly out there in New it's York chi- today. It's what not chilly at all, just because you come from the South now, but she dragged me flower. To, to this intellectual sh- movie, that, and it's called A Bigger Splash, and it certainly made a splash on me. I don't know about you. She's the woman of the century, and I'm talking about her soul now. Come on, tell me your best. Yes, you are. I'm sorry we didn't call, but we're hiding out. <laughs> Not for me. Meet Marianne and Paul. Oh, I should have known you'd bring a protege. I'm his daughter. <laughs> it looks on your faces. Love is my temple. Love is the highest day. But why don't you start it off since you're the one who suggested we see this film? Well, I wanted to start with one of the emails that we got from our listeners. Okay. Okay, so this one's from Denise and Ed in Florida. Okay. We just watched How to Be Single. We then listened to your podcast. The film was a quagmire of female denigration, and we were tentative about listening to your opinions and analysis for fear you might have loved this mashup of stereotypes. However, Hollister and O'Toole salvaged their credibility and aesthetic standards with a Did you write this in yourself? insightful review. <laughs> you wrote it in yourself. Denise and Ed, they ended their email with a plea. Saying what? I should stop interrupting you. That we would never again go to a Dakota Johnson film. And what did we just do? We didn't just do anything, (laughs) but you go right ahead. Where did I just drag you? You just dragged me to this film. But you know what? I'm glad I saw it. I'm sorry. Dakota's in it. We're going to have to just apologize, right? Denise and Ed, please send us another email at the end of this podcast. Before we get to the film, though, did Mm -hmm. you hear the big news? There was so much big news this week. I know. Well, let me tell you the big news about my love, Nancy Myers, right? Oh, her daughter uh, has just signed on to direct her first movie. And what's it about? Did she write it as well? Um, Haley Myers is her name, and she's going to do Shiler's Home Again. Oh. Yeah. It was announced at Cannes. So, so kudos to her. How awesome and is it that one woman is, you know, we're talking about 12% of, of, of directors in Hollywood are women. Nobody's successful like Nancy Myers, and now her daughter's going to pick up the baton. I think and it's fabulous. Both of her parents are successful screenplay writers. I know, I know. I mean, that's some good I know. DNA right there. Yeah, shout out mm-hmm. to her for sure. Okay, now we better get back to the film at hand here. So, a bigger splash. You're pretty domesticated for a rock star. Have I done anything to upset you? <laughs> I have to ask you, as Hollister, did you ever see I Am Love? No. The director of A Bigger Splash, the Italian director Luca Guadagnino and Tilda Swinton have made four feature films together. This is their fourth. And they did well, I Am Love. Well, no one else worked with her? Is that the problem? <laughs> this is actually her third movie now with Ray Fiennes in it as well. And the fourth big Who, star. By the way, in this role... A role of a lifetime for him. He never gets to play a crazed, hyper, 
personality in that way. I mean, he nailed that. This, I mean, whether you like the film or not, he nailed this role. It was too much for me. Uh, it I, may have been too much, but you have to admit, it's a very difficult role he was playing. Well, I guess he was the poster boy for ADHD, or he was coked <laughs> up or manic or all three. Why he was supposed to be an appealing character, I didn't really see it. But he was so vulnerable in his manicness, that's why. You know, I was thinking about this because... There was he, vulnerability in how manic he was. It was so over-the-top manic that you knew that it wasn't based on crazy, narcissistic, self-involved, you know, maniacal uh, approach. It was terror, vulnerability, trying to be brave, showing up at all was, was a brave thing to do. I thought he nailed it, and I thought also it is so alien to the roles he normally plays that it shows that he is versatile. They just don't use his versatility very often. You know, I am so glad you're here to point these things out. To but but you because, see it now? Do you see? Well, I mean, last week with A Hologram for the King, <laughs> you pointed it out that that was supposed to be the aphrodisiac, that Tom Hanks's character showed his vulnerability. It doesn't work for me. Well, you know, there's sometimes <laughs> a secondary level, level that is important to a film, you know, in your intellectual approach. <laughs> I'm not sure uh, I had an intellectual well, approach. Well, no, but you approach film from an intellectual level, and, and I approach it from an emotional level. In this film, if Tilda Swinton already has Matthias Schoenartz from The Danish Girl, how could she find a manic, bearded, Papa Smurf Ray Fiennes appealing? You're obscene. Everyone's obscene. That's the whole point. Oh, I found him appealing. You didn't find him appealing? Monster, this is such a relief. We're never going to compete for the same type. The same <laughs> well, I found both. Men. I found both the men in appealing. Did you find me? I thought Matthias Schoenartz yeah. shined. Yeah. He shone? He did something. Whatever it was, it would have <laughs> worked it. for me. Uh, no, I think they were both very appealing. I think Ray Fiennes um, was exceptional in this role. And I think he can look at every moment he's on the screen with great pride. All right, now, the opening reminded me of A Star is Born with Streisand and um, Chris Christopherson. Yeah. Remind me, how did that movie start? It starts with Chris Christopherson coming on stage as a rock star in the same exact from the back way where you wonder what's going to happen next, but you know that there's great loneliness in that rock star. It was a very A Star is Born kind of beginning. Um but there's some tragedy in this film, and, you know, again, we don't want to give everything away, but I, did they need to be, I didn't, some of the turns in the final third of this film, um, I just, I don't know if we needed to go through this pain so much. Couldn't there have been a better way out? Wasn't there a better way out than this? I was disappointed in a couple things. Yeah. And... I wanted to say, Tilda Swinton and this director, Luca Guadagnino, they collaborated together on the Italian movie I Am Love. Okay, are they sleeping together? Because whoever directed her really loves her. Well, I have to say, when I saw the trailer for that movie, I was so excited about it. It was Italian. There was a scene where they're all in black tie. There's Italian food. There's love in the title. Tilda Swinton learned Italian and Russian to play the part as one does. I went to see it, and that movie took 15 years off my life. I couldn't really? even handle the have to check that movie out. I'm writing that down. That I film. am love. I am love. Highly recommended by O'Toole. <laughs> if you want to take 15 years off your life. So to me, I thought, okay, I am willing to try another collaboration with these two. But this movie reminded me of I am love in terms of the setting. It took place in Italy, perhaps even in the same house. Remember her movie, The Deep End? That really put her on the yeah. map for a lot of yeah. American audiences. 
Mr. Reese, I want you to stay away from my son. I thought that was your little secret. Do you think the police will want to speak with you? Why do you expect me to get $50,000 in 24 hours? I just want to know what happened. Do we have to talk about this now? It was as though I Am Love and The Deep End had a film baby, and it came out a bigger splash. Huh. Well, that would make a splash. <laughs> okay, what about Dakota? I thought she was great in the trailer. And Did you think she acted well in this film? This is my point with Luca. The same thing happened to me with I Am Love, and I'm feeling a little bit like Charlie Brown with the football. What do you call it? Is it tadpoling when you hold yourself out as something else on the internet for online dating? And the person shows up. I have and no idea what like you're talking about. A cranky lady who lives at a trailer in the middle of the desert, and you pretend like you're somebody else. Clueless here. Go ahead. Okay. The trailers to Luca Guadagnino films, I always think, oh, they're going to be gorgeous and about love. And instead I show up, and they're, they're about, I'm not sure what. You said loneliness? Oh, my gosh. Everybody was terribly lonely. Every single person was isolated and lonely. And... Also, I've been to Santorini, uh-huh. and the way he chose to show it on the can- on the screen was also as if it were not beautiful, but more isolated and desolate and desertly. And the black snake, is that out of D.H. Lawrence's snake? I don't know. Do you remember the poem by D.H. Lawrence, oh, Snake? I do. Okay. I do, and there's I a do. black snake that keeps coming to drink in his, you know, in the fountain. Uh, I can't remember exactly the poem, but a, a black snake comes to drink in the fountain, and he marvels at the brilliance of the snake. Now, a couple of, I, I, you know, I have a snake phobia. Uh-huh. I just will bring it. It's a good phobia to have. Uh, the f- snake was an interruption, and I didn't understand the meaning, but I knew there was one, but I couldn't figure out what it was. It so, felt like a very heavy-handed what, symbol. But what was the meaning? Did you get the symbol? Well, I'm not sure, because I had heard that this movie, A Bigger Splash, is based on the 1969 French film La Piscine. And it was only recently that I saw Charlotte Rampling's movie, The Swimming Pool which I think was also loosely based on La Piscine. You could have told me your daughter was coming to your bloody house. How do you expect me to work now? And I know in those two films, they said the swimming pool is supposed to represent the subconscious. And I believe a snake often represents sexuality. So the fact that the snake was always appearing close to the pool, I'm going to go with that if I had to write a paper. Okay, well, I'll I'll let you go with that. Um, I didn't understand the meaning of the snake. From the trailer, I kept thinking, I'm going to see Tilda Swinton be a Ziggy Stardust rock star. And I've read that she has been mistaken more than once in real life for being David Bowie. She's always had that. <laughs> no, I can see that. I can definitely. Yeah, on. I can see that. And I was disappointed that we didn't see more footage of her as a rock star because that first scene was so gripping. When she walks out in her rock star persona, she owned that stage. And we immediately cut to nudity at the swimming pool. And I thought, oh, here we go again. I'm back in I Am Love. <laughs> well, uh, there was a lot of nudity. But here's the thing it's a very long movie. Mm-hmm. And it's filled from the moment it starts with very heavy-handed tension. Mm-hmm. And in a movie that long, every scene better really matter, and it really better take you to the next place that you need to go to be able to handle this journey, yes. and it doesn't. There were too many scenes that were not necessary and just didn't didn't take me anywhere that I needed to go, and then almost would take a step backward to the next scene, which was it seemed like bedroom food, bedroom food, bedroom food, car. You know, like there was like a pattern to it. And I feel like, I don't know if that's bad editing 
or if that's bad directing or I what. It's an empty script. Yeah. So I was excited. I heard that Tilda Swinton, it was her idea not to talk during the movie. So because she's a rock star, she's resting her vocal cords. And in real life, she didn't want to make the movie because she had just lost her mother. And she said because of that loss, she just wasn't ready to speak, literally. So they came up with this idea where she would mime most of her emotions. And I thought, oh, that's really interesting. This I want to see. But well, not I, now that you've seen it, you feel the same <laughs> now way. Now I'm disappointed. I didn't get to see her be a rock star. But the characters were too empty mm-hmm. for me to really care about any of them. And yet... The structure of the movie I thought was interesting, the same way that you can make a really dramatic play. You have a couple, you meet the couple, they're definitely bonded, and then the interlopers arrive. And you know they're just going to inject tension into this dynamic. But beyond just superficial attraction, which I didn't really understand on the part of all of them, I I wasn't drawn. Well, I got the attraction. I got the attraction. I mean, I I saw the sexual tension building, etc. I thought it was creepy. Yeah. Well, it is a little creepy. It's supposed to. By the way, it's supposed to be creepy. It's not supposed to be anything other than creepy. You know. Yeah. Um, Okay. Now, funny on 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 Dakota Johnson. Do you know she has the same line in this that she had one of her lines in Fifty Shades? Did you recognize it? Show me. It's a single line that she says to Gray. You know, enlighten me. Remember when she's sitting there and she says, enlighten me then. Okay. And in this one, the line that he gave her, which she delivered with the exact same precision, look on her face, tone of voice, everything was show me. Okay. I'm this, you know, girl who just doesn't get it. So show me. Okay. And I thought, you know, you have 10 things in your bag of tricks. Do you want some? I don't smoke. That doesn't mean you don't want some. Hollister, you crack me up. Just your reference to Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, how could you not? Well, I'm thinking. She's never going to do a movie where we don't reference no, it. but I'm thinking the director, Luca G, and I, maybe we need a safety word. When his <laughs> movies get to be too no, much No, for no, no, no. There's no safety word necessary because we're never going to another one again. I definitely get that he's a filmmaker and a director to pay attention to. But it doesn't uplift me or give me anything to walk away with that I want to mirror or look through a window to aspire to. I don't want to see films like this. I feel like he's being avant-garde just to be avant-garde. Maybe I need to It was heavy-handed. Now, what do you think of the the clothes? There were moments where I thought Tilda Swinton, especially because she wasn't talking, she looked like she could be a dramatic Vanity Fair. Well, no, okay, she goes grocery shopping in a black backless shirt. But then she looked, looked like ridiculous. she was trying to bring back the house smock. She looked well. You the, know, it was, it was one a schmata, and you know, with, <laughs> by the way, with it. with higher quality cotton. That's what it was. It was you know Egyptian cotton schmatas that she. It was that it was ridiculous, and she was. I think, but that was. I think she was supposed to be ill fitting. In other words, she didn't fit in anywhere. I think that was part. That's what I mean by everything was heavy handed. There was a reason for everything they put in, but it was just ridiculous. Now, you know, we experienced Also, it was very warm, and there's no way she would be wearing those heavy things when it was so no, warm. That is true. Well, she's very comfortable in her nakedness. Good for her. Also, I felt like that whole setup was supposed to be Garden of Eden. Oh, and the snake. Sure, yeah. The, oh, is that oh why my Dakota God. Johnson ate the apple? Wait, that's... Oh, oh and Hollister, that's why the... That's nicely... Okay, you would have was, gotten a much higher grade on your That's why the snake papers. was there. Oh, my oh. God. This was the Garden of Eden. Who so, knew? Where was the knowledge? The knowledge was in Where were the fig leaves? <laughs> okay, wait a minute. It was the Garden of Eden. There was the snake, there was the apple. She's lying, you know, yeah. I, you know, and there was even the nice. um even the um fog, but none of them ever became ashamed of their nudity. They seemed to revel in the nudity. 
Well, that well, the people in the Garden of Eden weren't ashamed. Yeah, that's when they got the fig leaves. Oh, I don't know anything about that. I think that's right. I don't really know the story very well. I just know images from it that I've seen in you know high fancy places in 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 in, uh, in Europe, oh. <laughs> in museums and things. That's how I know the. That's how I know the story. However, you know what? That is the story. That's why the snake is there. That's why you know she you know he she just seduced him. You know he. You know, she's lying there naked on the rocks, which was a very seductive pose. It was. Whether you someone blew the raspberry at the screen. Okay. It was a very seductive pose, and he comes upon it. So she totally lured him into it, although he knew exactly where he was going. Yeah, I, I wasn't buying that. Yeah. I didn't. That's what it was, though, was the Garden of Eden. So is there we a figured murder it out. in the Bible? Is there a murder? Yeah. I mean, I know there's many, but are there? Is was there a murder in the Garden of Eden? Is that when he murdered Abel? Well, maybe he was murdering Cain? a piece of himself. The suicide part was, I didn't get that part, you know. Yeah, then in Act 2, all of a sudden, I thought we were watching the movie version of the Amanda Knox trial. <laughs> you know, I thought of her. I uh-huh. actually did think of it during there. I now, thought the, Dakota Johnson might do a cartwheel through the precinct. Well, and the other problem with it, by the way, is that there were some really interesting lead-ins that were never fixed. Like, at one point, Dakota Johnson's trying to figure out whether Ray is really her father. Mm-hmm. And she says to, you'd think she'd figure that out before she goes to Italy with him. But, well, you know. she, and she says, there's a lot of reasons I really want to know. Yeah. Creepy. Okay. But she, we never found out a, whether he was or B, mm-hmm. whether what those reasons were, there were un, you know, there were unfinished things yes. in there, you know, that by the way, you know, unfinished storylines in a movie that heavy is very, very difficult to walk away with. It's like you have to finish it and make it up in your mind. I think that's a generous view of her character because I just thought she was an empty vessel. Yeah, I didn't think she was an empty vessel. The evil interloper. You know, talk about, you know, garden of good and evil. You know, um, Tilda was supposed to be the good one and she was definitely evil. Tilda had some not good. Yeah, she was sort of odd. That's my official assessment. Tilda had some not good. I'm glad that I saw this. I am. And I'm never going to his movies again. Not because I don't think he's a good filmmaker. In some ways I do. It's because, I, again, I, I don't want to leave with those kinds of feelings. Well, I have some interesting Tilda Swinton trivia. Okay, I don't know how interesting it can be if it's about her, but go ahead. Her mother was Australian. Her father is Scottish. She's Scottish. You can see the Scottish in her. Right? They can trace. They have an ancestral home. I see her as Queen Elizabeth. Yes, if Kate Blanchett had an argument. They can trace their ancestral home back to the 9th century. Well, that's pretty far. I mean, that's pretty good, right? Yeah. Okay, she once hosted a film festival in her Scottish castle, and she wanted to make sure that everybody could come. She wanted to make it as accessible to the locals as possible. It was three pounds for adults, two for students, and if you couldn't afford it, you could bake some cakes, and she would let you in oh, to watch the films. She likes cake. Huh. She went to school with Lady Di. I didn't think Lady Di went to school. <laughs> Remember, she didn't go to college. <laughs> okay. But they went to middle school together. Okay, well, okay. High school or All right, one of well, those. Okay. You know, yeah. Look, she can act. There's no question. But I think it's hard to find roles for her. She's not a classic beauty. She's got that odd look about her that is some somewhat off-putting and it's hard to fall in love with her it's hard to pair her you know I I think she you know she could be you know she could be in Cinderella but I don't think she's an easy leading lady to cast she looks so aristocratic which she is and yet is so unconventional Mm -hmm. she's made a whole career out of her androgynous look in these gender bendy roles she first came onto my radar with the film Orlando I remember that, yeah. I, I never saw it. Remember in the trailer, she turns her head and just looked right at you? 
No, with those I don't remember the trailer. But I remember the movie vaguely, but it was nothing to write home about. But again, she played a man yeah. and a woman. But she can act. She can she act. She can generally. Yeah. She was great in The Deep End. Yep. She won the Oscar, of course, for Michael Clayton. Yep. Oh, and I never saw it because I read your written review. What? Hail Caesar. Oh, well. <laughs> but you know, we mentioned her in a prior podcast. She was unrecognizable to me. She was in Trainwreck. Remember she played Amy Schumer's boss? Oh, that was... That no, was no, it wasn't. Yes, no, it wasn't. Was. It was... Yes, what's it was. her name? No, it's Tilda Swinton. The two of them are good friends. Okay, well, you know what? Then then I give her this. I'll, I'll, you know what? She gets a pass because of the Trainwreck role that she played brilliantly. She was very, very good in it. Now, I have to ask your favorite Ray Fiennes role. Oh, my God. I don't even have a favorite. There's so many things I've loved him in. None of which come to mind. I remember laughing so hard when I saw Elaine's take on The English Patient on Seinfeld. Mm -hmm. Do you remember the year that came out and won nine Oscars or something? And I felt so much like Elaine. I I didn't get that movie. I didn't either. It was very slow. I thought, if you don't speed this up, I'm going to go back there and I'm going to turn the reel faster, faster, faster. I'll be back. I promise. I'll be back understood the allure of him in that yeah. movie with his postcards yeah and now that i realize kristen scott thomas was married to colin firth i don't i can't imagine cheating on colin firth by the way i think he was very postcards. good in this i think that he might even get a nod it's a I little early it's, it's a little early roles. in the season yeah but he might he may get a he may get a nod i found the character incredibly irritating but i think you're absolutely right yeah. it's the yeah. kind of character uh, yeah but i did see his love. vulnerability i did and i also i just want a commitment from you but you're not i get to pick through the yes. summer, at least. I mean, seriously, you do. you're Hauser. done. Okay, not only am I amazed you're even still talking to me, I'm not even talking to me. Just stop talking. The world is not ready for your honesty. Okay, you don't have to see this movie because we've just told you everything you need to know about it. We do have to, and we apologize. So, all right, For the would you send somebody to see this? If they were avant-garde and into that kind of thing. Okay, it's a certain type of person. It's, yes. By the way, none of those people listen to our podcast. <laughs> So, so you know what? Don't you guys worry. We just filled you in. on. Now you can go to dinner parties and say, oh, yes, did you see? I'm sorry. You know, yes. Did you hear about the, you know, the bigger splash? Yes. And you can talk about it and you don't have to put yourself through two and a half hours. So over and out. Wait, thank wanna, us for I it later. End on, a, on a happier note. I saw your tweet about Grace and Frankie. Oh, my gosh. Did you yes. want me to start watching season two? I did. I saw the first episode, and I was so excited to see Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda back together. Okay, but the opening scene in season two, uh-huh. I, I was going to write about it this week, but the opening scene, season two, the, they don't know how to write for Lily Tomlin. It was weaker for her. They write ev- for, for everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, they write for everyone else except for her really well. They write for Mark Well, they, you know, he's playing a sort of lighter weight maybe role, but... They don't understand how to get her greatness. I mean, her greatness was in the West Wing. Mm -hmm. That entire series, you couldn't get better than her. She was great in it. And they don't know how to write for her. And it, by the way, so it makes it a little bit off. Mm -hmm. And when you compare it to things like Catastrophe or, you know, anything else that's out there, I'm going to watch it because I love all of them. And there's just so much power in the players that are in it that, of course, I'm going to watch it. But they've got somebody's not getting her they just don't get her i see the point yeah, and you know absolutely. i've been listing my favorite romantic comedies on screenthoughts.net i do know that yes okay i posted one it was barefoot in the park with jane fonda and robert redford that movie came out in 1967 
and that was already their third movie together. We're now in 2016, and Jane Fonda still looks fantastic. Well, if you had that much work done, you would too. I, we're, I, I want it done then. You're not kinda, getting it done. It's Jane. not happening, or we're breaking Jane. up. It'll be the worst <laughs> breakup ever, to quote and Grey's Anatomy. And Hollister no tool, and not yeah. Grey's and Frankie. By the way, Grey's Anatomy last week, too, had a really important episode where they went to court over custody oh. of their child, oh. Callie and... Oh, Arizona? where Callie and Arizona went to court over custody of their child oh. and the and the questions of working parents and the commitment to, to parenthood based on how much time you work and everything else were really, really, the nuance of it was very, very well done. I'm sort of overgrazed a little bit, but the other thing we have to end with is, I'm so sorry, the last episode of your The Good Wife came out. Oh. Did you see it? course I saw it. Okay, yes. and do you want to end with it? I think Robert and Michelle King are so genius. I thought the last episode slap, back slap. to the very first episode beautifully yeah. when they bookended the series with the slaps. I watched it in your honor. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank and you. um and slap slap is how I think we can you know because we can't talk about it yet. A lot of people haven't seen it. But boy, we should talk about that someday. Okay, we will. Yeah, we will. We will. Until then, you just gave me an idea. What is it? When I get my work done, do you think they'll do it for me at Seattle Grace? <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, they'll do they'll bring McSteamy back from the dead and he can do it because he's the best one out there. Yeah. That would be a bigger splash. Okay, over and out.